following audio is a sermon from our Sunday morning gathering at Sacred City Moline. In this sermon, we'll take a look back at the year 2021 and all of God's goodness and grace to us as a church while we look forward to the coming year in 2022 and anticipate all of God's future grace that will meet us there. You can find out more about Sacred City Moline at scmoline.com. Hear the word of the Lord from Psalm 111, verses 1 through 10. Praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart, in the company of the upright, in the congregation. Great are the works of the Lord, studied by all who delight in them, full of splendor and majesty in his work, and his righteousness endures forever. He has caused his wondrous works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and merciful. He provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. He has shown his people the power of his works in giving them the inheritance of the nations. The works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever to be performed with faithfulness and uprightness. He sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning once again. Uh, If you're new to Sacred City, my name is Sam. I'm the pastor here. It's a joy to welcome you in on our five-year celebration. As Abby mentioned, um, it's... It's a big deal, and uh, and to celebrate, we we've, we've created this little little, uh, little tokens for you. They're actually ornaments for you uh, to to take home, put on your little Christmas tree, just as a reminder of God's faithfulness over the last five years. There's a whole basket uh, by the donuts there. We'd love for you to grab one or two or three. There's plenty of them, um, and share them, put them up, uh, and have that as a reminder of God's faithfulness to Sacred City Moline. Um, now, planting a church, starting a new church from the ground up uh, is hard enough. Um, it's difficult. Many churches that, that try to do this don't make it that far. In fact, year five tends to be like the make or break year where a lot of churches will either kind of move on uh, or, or I think it's like 60% of them will end up closing the doors because you got to get to sort of max capacity or to that, that sense of vitality. But God has brought us this far and we rejoice in that. Not only has he brought us to this, this time marker, but he has brought us through roughly two years of pandemic on top of that. And so that just testifies to God's goodness, his faithfulness, his grace to us as a church. Now, it's been a ride. It's not been, not one season of Sacred City Church, Sacred City Moline, has been up and to the right. Like, it's been a squiggly line. It's been more of a a roller coaster ride at times. Uh, But right now, God has placed us in a season that is very easy to celebrate. And so we want to do uh, a good job of celebrating this morning. And it's actually in line with what God tells his people to do. Throughout the scriptures, especially in the Old Testament, God commands his people to party. God tells his people over and over again, all these festivals, all of these celebrations are are meant to create a kind of people that are inclined towards celebrating God's faithfulness and goodness. And so we're gonna do that. And that's part of our identity as a church uh, that, that we are... We practice the rhythm of celebration. We do this every Sunday. We come together to celebrate God's grace, but we also celebrate these big milestones. And so uh, today's a celebration, and we're going to carry on in the spirit uh, of Psalm 111. Uh, As we see this, that's exactly what's happening. The psalmist, who's believed to be King David, is just exuding praise and celebration. Why? It's because he's remembering and recalling the grace, the good works of the Lord. And because of that, he, he gives God Praise. It spills over into rejoicing and praising God. It says, I, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. It's not something that they just like half into or just kind of going through the motions. There's something about him that is just invested in this celebration. And so we're going to do that too. 
in the company of the congregation as we sit here today, though, though we're smaller than typical. Uh, I know the, the, the first snow tends to get, get people a little scared away, and so for the faithful who have been here and those who are tuning in, we're excited to celebrate with you, but we're gonna follow in the steps of Psalm 111. Why? Because God's works have carried on. The character of God is eternal, and he keeps showing us what he's like, and so we are going to recall and remember those things, like verse Verses two and three says, great are the works of the Lord, studied by all who delight in him. Full of splendor and majesty is his work and his righteousness endures forever. People are celebrating because God's character continues to be demonstrated throughout the story of history. In verse four, it talks about the grace and the mercy of God. In verse five, it talks about the provision that God feeds those who fear him. In verses six through eight, it talks about God's power and his faithfulness. In verse nine, it talks about God, how, how God redeems his people, continues his covenant promises throughout the generations. In verse 10, the psalmist comes to this conclusion, holy and awesome and wise is God, and therefore they rejoice. And God is the same today as he was yesterday and will be the same for all eternity. And so we stand in the same place as the psalmist in Psalm 111. We have a reason to celebrate. Um, and all of this that we see here in Psalm 111 has been demonstrated to us afresh over the last five years, and especially in this last year, in 2021. And so what I wanna do today is I wanna take some time um, recalling and celebrating, at least acknowledging briefly the places where God has been faithful and good and kind to us as a church. We're gonna tell a little bit of the Sacred City story for, for those of you who aren't familiar with that, just very briefly, and then we'll move into looking forward to 2022. Um, a recommitment to our mission of making disciples, planting churches, and renewing city with a specific focus in this new year. So that's where I'm going today. I, I'm, I'm gonna pray. Would you just pray with me uh, as we get going? Father, we, we thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your provision and your grace that we could go through all of Psalm 111 and say, but we've seen um, the great works of the Lord. We've seen you bring redemption to your people from conversions to uh, this, this lineage of faith that has been passed from generation to generation where young people are coming to know you and love you, Jesus, and walk in your ways. We can praise you for all these things. You, God, we ask that your spirit would, even, even what I have here in front of me, but, but that which I don't mention, those things, those, those um, memories and tokens of, of your, your faithfulness to us would be brought to the forefront of our mind as we're rejoicing and celebrating your kindness. We pray, God, that you would help us to see your provision and how you've sustained us through the years, how you've given us this inheritance, something for us to latch on to. We pray, God, that you would continue to show us your faithfulness and justness. We pray that you would teach us uh, to, to love your precepts and see them as trustworthy and see, God, that you are continuing on with this thing that you have begun. And so, God, be with us and, and just help us to see that's with what before us uh, or what, what we have to celebrate that's, that's come uh, already and then look forward into this new year. I pray, God, that your spirit would just be in this, that it wouldn't be just a, um, a pipe dream of mine. Um, but your spirit would, this be something that your spirit really brings to fruition as we talk about what's coming down um, the pipeline here in 2022. God, would it be for your glory? Would it be all about you? In fact, the same thing that echoes here in Psalm 21, it's a praise of the Lord. It's not how good we are. It's not about what we've accomplished, God. This is about you and what you have done in and through your people. So we give you praise and rejoice in all these things. And it's in Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. What I want to do to get started is share just a little bit about the story of Sacred City Moline. I, I usually don't like talking about myself, but it, it's hard to talk about Sacred City uh, Moline and, and keep it detached from my personal story. But to tell the story of Sacred City Moline, we actually have to go back further uh, than five years. Because you can say that Sacred City Church or Sacred City Moline isn't something that's just been around for five years. It's been something that has been in the mind of God since way back. I mean, you can even go back and trace uh, the origins of Sacred City Moline back to Acts chapter 2 and the birth of the church like we talked about last week. Or even if you want to go even back further to say before the foundations of the earth, you could say God had saved sacred city Moline in mind when he started doing his work throughout the creation. 
And somewhere in the annals of history, in heaven, um, there is a church family tree where we can trace our lineage between faithful men and God's works of grace and his mercy and his redemption from, from generation to generation to generation, but I don't have time to do all that. Uh, but what I do have time to keep it within this century here. So um, my story of, of how I came to where I am right now to be part of Sacred Sea Moline, to plant Sacred Sea Moline, it goes back to my family. I grew up um, in the church. I come from a long lineage of Christians. Um, in fact, as I was reflecting on it this week, I, I was looking at Psalm 111 and thinking about how God has sent redemption to his people and he has commanded his covenant forever. And I can see that has been true in my family. That God has saved a lot of my family and he's kept his covenant through the generations. So I get to stand on the shoulders of the faithful men and women who have come before me, who have walked with the Lord. And one of those men um, and women was my grandpa Bill and my grandma Enid, um, who were ministers of the gospel. They, uh, my grandpa actually, interestingly, um, went to seminary at Augustana in Rock Island. My mom was born here in Moline, which is crazy because uh, I grew up on the other side of Iowa in the, the uh, Council Bluffs area. My mom grew up on the west side of Nebraska, and so somehow God has brought this thing full circle from my grandpa starting his ministry here, and it's interesting because my wife's grandpa is also a pastor who started his ministry in Illinois, and now God has brought us kind of back uh, to this place, and, and so all this to say that God has been faithful to my family, her family, through the generations, and so growing up in a rural Lutheran church, um, I, I got to, there was never a moment where I, I didn't know of the grace of Jesus. There was never a moment where I didn't know who Jesus was and understand that he had died for my sins to, to make me a new creation, to teach me to walk in a new way, and so I, I celebrate that and see God's faithfulness through all, throughout all of that. Um, and as I grew up in the church, uh, eventually what happens, is kind of typical for a lot of kids who grow up in the church, is you, you get to college and you experience a little bit of freedom. Some of, some of the stuff that was like, oh, yeah, we go to church every Sunday. And in fact, I could count on maybe one or two hands the, the amount of Sundays that we missed a Sunday gathering as going to our church or going to a church. Um, we were that committed in the front row every Sunday. We've got lots of stories I can tell about that, but... I'll, I'll uh, refrain, um, but after those first couple years of, uh, during those first couple years of college, I experienced sort of just this leeway, this long leash of getting to kind of go out on my own, and, and what that afforded me was the ability to make some foolish decisions, um, to go out and try, uh, try, get my shot at the futility of the world, um, and by God's grace, it only took me two years to find the bottom of the futility there, it seems, and he brought me back into his fold um, to be part of a church and end college at the University of Northern Iowa. Um, God did something in my heart that, that really built upon the foundations that was laid in my childhood faith, where I found for the first time a really, uh, a really unique kind of Christian community, a place uh, where I would be known and could know others in, a, in sort of an authentic and genuine sort of way to have this real kind of community um, that wasn't just like, yeah, it's nice to know you in this, this acquaintance level thing, but actually bring me into deep and meaningful community. And through that, my faith started to grow. Um, God developed in me a hunger for his word, and so I started devouring the word of God. I, before I came, you know, before college and this season of my, my faith journey, I didn't like to read at all. In fact, I had a pretty strong aversion to reading, but God did something in my heart to change that, where I just started, I, I was hungry, I was craving to know more about the, the word of God, to know more about Jesus, to know more about the gospel, to understand God's plan for the world, all of these things, and so it made me a student of the word and get into other books that really helped form me and to give me some sort of aspirations of what I, what I, wanted, to, what my, I, what I wanted my life to look like as a godly young man. And one of the things that God placed heavily on my heart in that season was a desire to be part of a church that looked a lot like Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. This is where we spent our last week. Talk, here, let, me, let me reference this real quick just to give you, if you're not familiar with this, um, Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47 is the genesis of the church, the, the beginning of the church uh, that says this, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and the breaking of the bread and the prayers, and awe came upon every soul with many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all, selling their, uh, to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, 
praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. In my previous church experience, I had experienced pieces of those things going from a couple different churches throughout my growing up and then college years, but I never had this integration of a church that had a really good sense of community and also a strong sense of mission, that God is at work in the world bringing people who are far from him near to him through the gospel. And so one of the things that I really desired was to be part of a church like that that had this really tight-knit community like we see in Acts chapter 2, caring for one another, lifting the physical and spiritual burdens that they had while also having an urgency and a zeal for mission and making Jesus known to those who are far from him. And I had a hard time finding a church like that. And, and as I was wrapping up my tenure at UNI, um, I had a friend who was from the Quad Cities area who who I had been connected to that told me about this new church plant that was gonna pop up in Davenport. Um, right at the time I was graduating, he told me about this church plant called Sacred City um, that was going to contextualize Acts 2 um, for this, this, this city, this culture, this sort of environment, and to strive hard to be a church that fosters that sense of community and lives on, on mission. Or, or the, w- the way that we say it, the, the only way to make disciples is in community and on mission. The only way to grow in the gospel is in community and on mission. And that really perked my interest. Uh, piqued my interest. I, I wanted to be part of this, and so I, I moved from Cedar Falls down to the Quad Cities, a little bit further away from home, to be part of this new work that Pastor Justin um, was starting here at Sacred City Davenport. And, and so I moved here. I was, I was working at Target, and then I sold cars for a little bit, but, but the whole point was to come to the Quad Cities to be part of a church like this, to be, as, as far as I could see, at least on paper, the website said, hey, this is kind of what we're about as a church, and so I moved here to be part of this church, and in my time here, I started growing in the gospel. See, the, the first, you know, the, the last few years of college that I experienced of that deep growth just got launched to another, uh, like, hyper-warp speed in the first few years of being here at Sacred City Davenport. Uh, I, I experienced community to a way that I've never experienced it before. I, I sensed this, I was getting pulled out of my comfort zone and, and pushed out on mission to make God known um, at Target and in my workplace at the car dealership, um, in my neighborhood with neighbors and at the gym. I just experienced this growth that God was bringing about. Uh, I enrolled in Porterbrook shortly after moving here, and that was a huge and formative part of my discipleship, um, gaining an understanding of the gospel, uh, learning to be a a missional community leader, and I got kind of thrown into that, maybe prematurely, but to to jump into leading and, 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 you know, generating something in community to to create a kind of community that I loved being part of, and and into that I felt a calling into ministry um, that sort of had kind of popped up uh, and faded away throughout the years, and and at this point I really sensed that the Lord had called me to ministry, to to, to continue to maybe um, to do this all over again here, and so what I did was I I was able to to do a residency with Pastor Justin at Sacred Seed Davenport. Um, a couple years of pastoral residency, church planning residency to test my calling and to see if I had the skills and the competencies to do this. I, I then was assessed by Acts 29 and later on, uh, about 10 months after being assessed, was given the go-ahead uh, to plant Sacred City Church in Moline here when I was 28, which to me sounds a little crazy, but it happened. And the Lord has been gracious as we set out to make disciples, to plant churches, and renew the city. That has been our mission from day one at Sacred City, make disciples, plant churches, and renew the city, and that is what we will be about until Jesus comes back, Lord willing. And since we started in 2017, we have been taking our best shot at that mission. We, we have not succeeded in like an overwhelming, constantly just you know going above and beyond, but we have been faithful in that mission as we fail forward through those things. And this, this, the year of 2017 was a whirlwind when we started. It was, it was an exciting year. There's a lot of energy. Um, we started our, our church at Youth Hope. Um, it's, a, it's a youth center in Moline on 12th Avenue. Um, we, we began our worship gatherings in a gymnasium, and God was good and kind of brought a lot of growth very quickly. And then shortly after that, we were able to inherit this building and kind of make this our home base. All of those things between starting a church and buying a church building sort of made it a whirlwind, but it was exciting. It was like the Wild West. It was really fun. 
And then in 2018 and 19, we experienced some growing pains. Yes, there, there were a lot of difficulties and hard things going on, but there were still a lot of bright spots as the church maybe didn't grow as rapidly as we hoped to, but there was good gospel growth that was happening, maybe not in, in, uh, on the surface level where you see this big tree expanding, but down below the surface, roots were going deep. And then as we were poised to make big strides in the year 2022 or 2020, um, COVID hit kind of stalled us out. In fact, I was thinking back at the previous years of, of like um, each year we lay out kind of a focus for our mission. Um, in 2020, it kind of embarrasses me to say this, but, but the, 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 the vision was to double by discipleship in 2020. To think that God would double our church through discipleship and then COVID hits and it's like, well, I hope we hang on, okay? I hope we retain 60% of our congregation, which by God's grace we, we have. But COVID hit and that created all kinds of challenges for us. And, and in, in the, just within the last few months, it feels like the Lord has brought us back to kind of that place of stability where we were before COVID hit. And it's been fun. It's been exciting. It's been, there's been a lot of reasons um, to celebrate this. And through all of this time, God has been doing good work. Some of it visible, some of it invisible, some, some very tangible that you can put your hands on, that you can uh, quantify, and some of it is, is qualitative that you just have to be here and experience it to see. But through the end of five years, we can still testify with the psalmist, praise the Lord. He's done great works. And, and 2021, um, just to kind of give a summary of what's happened in the last year, has been a great year as far as metrics goes, as far as like the real tangible numbers. You look at it and attendance, uh, today's a little bit different, okay, snowstorm, but attendance has been up on Sunday mornings. We've got more people in our missional communities than we did two, a year ago or two years ago or even three years ago. We've multiplied MCs, we've refigured some missional communities due to the steady growth. We've been able to baptize five people um, we've had two dedications. We've had two uh, young people who have been baptized uh, make a profession of faith to say, yes, I believe. I, I, I am devoting myself to the Lord in accordance with his faithfulness. This year, I think it's nine or 10 students in Porterbrook, people who are committed to growing and going deeper into uh, their understanding of the gospel and to contribute to their missional communities more. And for some of them, it's a leadership pipeline to, to maybe one day become a missional community or co-leader as God requires multiplication and growth. One of the great things that COVID has brought is a slew of babies. We have a lot of kids. It's been awesome. Um, our, because of that, our kids' ministry has had to expand. We've had a couple new people step up. Carrie Brown and Emily Cornett have really spearheaded some of the developments and growths that have gone on with, with uh, our kids' ministry um, by adding another nursery class and adding catechism class for the first through third graders that are meeting right now. So it's been cool to see uh, the, the numerical growth that God has brought. Also with that, we've seen financial stability. For a lot of churches, COVID has created this uncertain thing, but God has faithfully kept us very steady throughout this whole year and the last two years. We've been able to reach a place of self-sufficiency, financially speaking. Um, we're moving into to the, to the point of, hey, um, can we keep ourselves going into saying, hey, what are the next steps that we can take? I'm praying that in 2022, God continues to expand our financial margins so that we can move towards the possibility of adding staff to support the ministry that God's doing here. We continued giving 10% of our budget that comes in to church planting, both, both domestically and across the, the seas. We, we've been part of uh, Fisher's of Men Ministry, which is a, a Kenyan uh, ministry that is run by one of our members in Sacred City, Davenport, Joshua Nagao. Um, we, as a church, sponsor a church plant in Mwamba, uh, in Kenya there, and so we've been able to, to be part of, of their, their economic growth, their spiritual growth, supporting the leaders that are, are leading this church in that direction. Uh, my friend Nick Powell, who has been here to, to preach for me in the past, planted a church in Clinton, Iowa, just up the river a ways. And so we're supporting him and his ministry there, praying that God continues to grow uh, church planting in this region to see more and, more and more people come to know the real Jesus. 
a, a certain percentage of our budget goes to Acts 29, the church planting network that we're a part of that's committed to planting. Uh, a, it's a global network of churches that are committed to the gospel, um, committed to, to developing and training men and women uh, to plant healthy, gospel-centered churches, and so we support Acts 29. Um, and then we've also been able to put money away for the future that as God calls us to planting a church, and I, I pray that someday, someday soon, especially as we look at the, the, um, the map here of the, the Illinois Quad cities to, to make maybe plant a church in some of these outlying cities or um, to, to kind of mobilize and to fund some of that future church planting efforts that we hope to be a part of. And so our budget is just as God, if, if you've been generous towards God and the church, uh, our church has been able to be generous towards other churches and other ministries and to see God's continued faithfulness. And on top of that, all, on top of that, many of the people of Sacred City Moline support some of these children who are part of that Fishers of men ministry, that, that child support system. And so we've been able to see uh, God use our resources and multiply them and take sort of the fish and the loaves scenario and make much of them. And so we rejoice in how God has worked through the last year financially. But some of the best growth, some of the growth that I am most excited about as a pastor is the growth that cannot be quantified. It's a growth that you cannot put your finger on and say, yep, here's where God has grown us, at least not to, to, with great, very great success. What we've seen in these last years, sort of forged by the fire, is that there has been a, a need for more leaders to be developed. Um, we, we're working with our elder candidates uh, to continue to press them through this elder development process, and, and we hope that in 2022, assessments will be on the horizon, be able to install our first uh, plurality of elders. That's something that I'm really hoping and praying for, that I ask that you would continue to pray for and, and, and encourage those men in that way. We've had new people step up in the MC leadership, um, and, and not just like new to MC leadership, but to take on more responsibility that their plate has expanded, which seems uh, paradoxical because as life goes on for these people, more and more gets added to their plate with family life and work and all of these things, yet there's still margin. They're still giving God um, the ability to, to be used by him to continue this work in community and on mission. I've been excited to see the students of Porterbrook what they're gleaning from their studies and their cohort, people in fight clubs. Um, there, there's just a caliber of community um, that God has created here um, that you can't really quantify until you step foot into one of those, into a room like that. To see firsthand what God is doing and taking a diverse group of people and intermeshing them together because they're radically committed to the gospel, radically committed to Jesus. And that's something that has, has set us apart from a lot of the culture in a year where there's still continue to be division and disruption. We, we have experienced as a church unity, that there's been a level of devotion, that there's been a commitment to one another, even though we may disagree on certain things, that we have maintained a spirit of unity. And to help us really put our finger on some of the growth that, that is not as easy to quantify, I want to revisit the four hopes that I laid out back at the beginning of 2021. Sean, would you throw those up for me? Beginning of 2021, we, we said, listen, I, this whole double by discipleship thing, that joke's on us, okay? But here's something that we can't control. Here's something that we can give ourselves to. And so we laid out these four things based in Colossians um, that we really wanted to commit ourselves to, to strive toward, and, and these were this, that we wanted to know more. We need to go deeper in our understanding of the gospel of God, of the Bible. We wanted to do good. We didn't want to just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word to live into the calling that God has put before us. We want to joyfully endure, to continue on, even when circumstances are hard and it gets pressing, to keep going on and to worship hard. And so those were our four hopes for 2021. Let me just use these as touch points to kind of express what I'm grateful for, what I'm celebrating as the pastor of Sacred City Moline, of what I've seen how God has grown us. First of all, in knowing more. I, I feel like this year there has been an incredible growth in knowing more. I think a big part of that, uh, because of two of our, our big sermon series, one, at the beginning of the year, we were in the beginning of the Sermon of the Mount, or we were wrapping up the Sermon of the Mount, rather, um, and I think that we learned a lot about what it means to practice the way of Jesus. And then as we began our sermon series in 
April um, through the book of Ephesians, I think, maybe more than any other sermon series, that God has solidified and shaped uh, our understanding that's deepened our understanding of what it means to be a gospel person, what it means to have our identity in the gospel. And I've experienced, I've seen this. I've seen people grow in this gospel identity more than any other year. I, I, this past year, we have sold or given away more books in our bookstore than any other year before. Um, and maybe you don't read them all, so that's, that's maybe not a greatest thing, but you, know, you can have them and not read them, but, but I, I've heard hearing from people saying, hey, this book that I've had, this book that I picked up, or even my Porterbrook material, this has been really helpful for me. And I, I always hear of these gospel breakthroughs. They, they might be huge, they might be small, but people talking about how there's been this just breakthrough that's happened, whether it's a, a break from the foothold that maybe sin has on your life or a misunderstanding of scriptures or just a, a lack of understanding, like a, a, a shallow depth to more of a, a depth, a deep depth um, in understanding the gospel, understanding the scriptures. And this has come through um, our, our Sunday gatherings, through the songs that we sing together. It's come through the liturgy that, that we participate in together. It's come through the preaching of God's word. Uh, we've seen this in missional communities where the way that we counsel and, and point one another deeper into the gospel, um, people actually experiencing Jesus disrupt their lives in really powerful ways. It's seen in fight clubs and in Porterbrook cohorts. God continues or has in this last year pushed us deeper and deeper into our gospel understanding. And because of that, we, we, have, we, we don't just have, you know, our head hasn't exploded and that's all it does, but it's, it's really worked itself out into the way that we live. I've seen this church in a commitment to doing good. Right? One of those things that I think is really important is this, this fight for unity that we've had in divisive times. Um, I've seen how we've cared for one another through heartache, through loss, through grief, but also how we've celebrated well, that we rejoice with those who are rejoicing, that we've met physical needs and spiritual needs, that we, we've taken responsibility for ourselves and other people around us in really practical ways. One of the things that I've seen growth in and coming out of COVID and sort of the, the dormancy or sort of the, the, the recluseness that, that was our tendency as we, we've been isolated was to, to kind of recreate or recultivate a spirit of hospitality through the around the table campaign that we were uh, working through for a couple of months. Our missional communities continue to bless and serve places in our city with the aim of renewing them, that God would be glorified in those places. We've seen men and women, husbands and wives, devote themselves to one another that reflects the gospel, where husbands lay down their lives for their wife, where wives submit to their husbands out of reverence for Christ. We've seen that. We've seen parents discipling their kids in the way of the Lord, in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. And wherever God has placed us, I continue to see God curating these kingdom outposts, whether it's in the gym or a neighborhood throughout the city, in our workplace. God is creating these kingdom outposts where people are becoming more vocal about their faith in Jesus. They're sharing the gospel. They feel more equipped to talk about the good work that God has done in their life. And so it's easy to say and look back and say, God, God has created this light that shines brightly and it is shining brightly here through the people of Sacred City. And then a big part of this is that we've been able to faithfully endure. Now COVID gave everybody excuses to do nothing. Right, oh, I don't want to do the COVID, 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 yeah, yeah. But what I've seen in Sacred City is this, this inclination of people to keep pressing on that, that when adversity is faced, we'll find an alternate solution. When, when difficulty is met, we're going to work through the frustration and challenges. And so what I've seen in the people of Sacred City Moline is a resiliency and resoluteness to stay committed to the Lord. This, this not giving up mentality. There is here in Sacred City a combination of grace and grit in this people that I'm very thankful for. That has enabled us to press on and faithfully endure. And finally, the thing where I can say, hey, we've experienced some growth here is in that we have learned to worship hard. Okay, we have become a more joyful and celebratory, every Sunday is a kind of celebration, but we've become a people that loves to worship. There's an engagement. Even when I'm preaching, I sense it. The feedback that I get from people uh, is the, the, the dynamics. This is, a, uh, this is not a static thing. This is very dynamic in what we're doing here, and this is an expression that as we've grown in our understanding of the gospel, has created this effectual response in us. 
Our gatherings have more enthusiasm. There's more expression of worship. People are raising their hands. People are shouting, making a joyful noise. Now, not everybody's there, but we'll get there, okay? We'll get there. We sing louder. We talk more. We have this whole body, whole self immersion of worship that I am grateful for that indicates that God is at work in our lives. Now, I could literally rebrand all of these things and reuse them uh, for the year 2022, but I sense what I, what I feel like is going on right now, and I, I'm projecting a little bit, and I could be totally wrong like I was with 2020, but I sense that our church is making this transition, that we're entering into a new season of growth, a new stage of growth. Now, here, here's how I've been thinking about it. The first five years of Sacred City of Moline, I've been asking the question, will this thing work, all right? Can we get this bad boy off the ground and let it stay? You know, that, that it's not gonna totally, the wheels won't fall off, that'll totally crumble apart. And by God's grace, which is what it's taken, it's taken God's grace to get us this far, um, our church is off the ground. We're, we're making it work. Now, we still have some benchmarks to hit as far as being a fully autonomous church, um, but, but we're making big strides toward that end. And, and we're slowly graduating from this church plant stage. And, and so what I think the next season for this church is, how do we sustain this for the long haul? How do we sustain Sacred City Moline for the long haul? And I, I'm not just talking about us, of like, how do we, how do we get through this lifetime um, and, and see that Sacred City still exists you know, as we go to our grave. But I'm talking about how do we see Sacred City Moline exist for the sake of our kids and our grandkids? Right? To have this multi-generational vision for, for the mission, for the vision that God has called us to as a church. I have a desire to see, and I think for that to happen, to have this sort of multi-generational vision that our church has to grow and flourish and multiply, that, that our church would really embody a robust and, and, and a sense that we are full of vibrancy and life, to be a church that's here for the long haul. Now, unfortunately, a church like this is pretty rare, um, especially within many mainline churches. Um, if you survey North American churches, you'll see that, that these mainstream churches are in rapid decline. A lot of churches are closing their doors. It's not just church plants, but churches that have been around for a long time. They're closing their doors. They're losing that next generation. And, and because of that, they're dying out. Now, there's this frenzy that goes on here where they see that, okay, everything's sort of trending downward. And so what they do is they start to think, what, what do we have to do to keep our doors open? What, what does it take to get people to start coming back to church? And one of the things that they start doing to try to get that, because their, their goal is just to, to make sure that we've got enough money to, to pay the bills to keep the lights on. One of the things that they do is then make compromises where they begin to make Christianity more palatable to the culture. They water down the word of God. They change some of the doctrines around so it's not as offensive. And so what happens is the church starts to decline because we've become unfaithful to the word of God. And it becomes like what Paul talks about, not a whole church of this, not just individuals in Ephesians 4.14 where he says that we're children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning and by craftiness and deceitful schemes. This is how the enemy works to sabotage the people of God, the church that God established and this is a tragedy. It's not something that I find joy in. It's a sad reality of what's going on in the, cult, in, the, in the climate of the church. And this is a tragedy that we are not immune to if we do not learn how to avoid it. If we don't say, if we don't say okay, what's going on here? Why is the church in such decline? Why is this? If we don't learn from it, we will not learn how to avoid it. And without doing a total autopsy on, on the, the, the mainline church, we can get to the root issue here, which I believe is the root issue is a lack of commitment and a, and a lack of love for the word of God. You boil it all down. All of the problems that we see in the church come down to this thing. There's a lack of commitment and a lack of love for the word of God. If we do not love the word of God, it means we will, will not study it. We will not meditate on it. We will not delight in it. And if we don't do those, if we don't study, we don't meditate, we don't delight in it, we will not know what the word of God says. We won't understand how the word of God gives us everything that we need for life and godliness. We won't understand how it speaks to every, to every asset and facet of our lives. 
And without commitment, we might love it and say, okay, yeah, we understand it. We have understanding of the word of God. But without a commitment to it, we become hearers of the word and not doers of the word. What happens then is we become wise in our own eyes. We say, okay, God says this, but I don't know, that doesn't really line up with the current worldview, and so I'm gonna make some, some tweaks, and we, we adopt this new vision, this new, the good life, this new vision, the, the, the path of flourishing for something else, and, and we become wise in our own eyes and no longer fear the Lord, which is, leads the path of destruction. Verse 10 of Psalm 11 says the key here, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. For all those who practice it have good understanding. Before that, he talks about how God's precepts are trustworthy, that he's established them forever and ever, and, and he has performed faithfulness and uprightness through his word. Now, the idea of being a church that's just tossed all over the place does not sound enticing to me, and I hope it does not sound enticing to you. I have a desire, as a pastor, just even as a Christian, and I have a desire for us as a church that we would not be like that, that we would be people who are resolute, that are wise, not according to our own eyes, but according to the Lord, that we would have understanding. One of the things, as our world becomes more chaotic and more insane, one of the things that I long for, and I long for my children and grandchildren someday, is for sanity in these insane times to have a solid foundation to stand on, that even though it seems like the world around us is falling apart and crumbling down, that we are not afraid, we don't lose heart because we stand on the word of God. See, the grass withers, the flower, flower fades, but the word of the, God, of the Lord endures forever. And so I have a desire for us at Sacred City from top to bottom that every person who belongs to Sacred City to have this, to double down on our commitment to the word of God. And so this is why I'm tagging this year, year 2022. This is the motto here, feast to flourish. Feast to flourish. Jesus says as he's being tempted by Satan, he says man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Yet, many of us will go a whole week without eating. We're walking around like skin, skin and bones here. We, we don't got that full belly we're acting like starved people. It's, it's like we have this huge buffet right before us, yet we'd rather chew on a piece of gum. And because of that, we, we step into the cultural landscape and we feel frazzled and discombobulated. We don't know how to think about the things that we see in this world. And we feel like we get tossed to and fro because one of the things God's word does is it tethers us to reality. So this year, as we feast to flourish, this is an invitation for everyone. An invitation to belly up to the table of God's word. To feast daily. Not just on Sunday. Sundays, like every Sunday you can expect me to open up the Bible. We've got a liturgy that's filled with scripture. We've got song that, that's singing about scripture and the word of God. But we have to be committed to this day in and day out. And I hope that we would come to love the word of God in the same way that I love my mama's peanut butter balls. And I tell you what, I've eaten about three pounds of those in the last few days. All right? I pray that that would be the kind of love that we have here at Sacred City Church for the Word of God, that we would devour the Word of God so much. Okay, so here's what I want to see. One thing that I want to see, which is a byproduct of this, is that people actually walk through the doors of the church with their Bibles in their hand. Okay, I love the phone. I love the technology. The fact that I can be anywhere and pull open my phone and have the Word of God that's great, accessible. I want to see us be people of the Word and, and walking in with Bibles. I want to see people who uh, come to the end of 2022 <clears throat> and are looking to buy a new Bible because the Bible they have has been so worn, so read. It, the, the margins are filled up with, with notes and prayers. Highlights are just riddled all over the Scriptures because we have devoured the Word of God. I have a desire that we would be a church that is saturated by the scriptures, that loves to dive in any chance that we get. Like I said, Sundays aren't enough. We, we all need to be committed. There has to be this level of personal commitment, personal responsibility to say, every day, I'm gonna open up my Bible. And listen, technology has made it easier than ever. There are more resources to help you become a person of the word than any point in history. 
God's word is more accessible than any other time. And I want us to see, uh, to, I want us to be a, a church that just is, is, is diving all in. Now, I got a couple of ideas to help us get going. First, first of all, um, I, I've created, this isn't anything fantastic or splendid or anything like that, but it's simple. Um, I want to invite everybody who calls Sacred City Church their home to join us in, in a Bible reading plan that is a chapter a day. Super easy. This is great. If you, if Daily Bible reading is not yet a thing in your life. This is a great place. It's a great entry ramp. Maybe it is for you, and maybe it's another Bible. I'm going to be reading through the Bible in a year. You can join me in doing something like that. But I want to commit everybody at Sacred City to commit to a chapter a day. And every month, we'll put out these little bookmarks for you to actually, like a physical one to have to open up in your real Bible. You can do that. The other thing is that we, we are paying for everybody at Sacred City to have access to Dwell. It's, it's a, an app that reads the Bible to you. Um, there is a Bible reading plan that is set up, this Feast to Flourish Bible reading plan. You can find it on the search bar. Uh, I'll, I'll post something on Realm to help you get connected if you don't already have a Dwell account. But it's an opportunity for us to connect, to go in together one chapter a day. Um, on top of that, I want you to know there's so many other Bible resources out there. I saw that um, the Bible Project, which I really value, the stuff that they put out, they make cool illustrations and videos to go along um, with this, kind of giving you context behind each, each uh, book of the Bible, themes of the Bible. They just put out a new Bible app called the Bible Project app. Um, Ligonier has a Bible, the, the Bible in a Year plan that I'm doing is through Ligonier. You can find that on the version. Uh, and I think one of the greatest resources that's available um, through technology is called Canon Plus. A great slew of resources. I mean, you, you, it would take you a lifetime to catch up with all of the content that's available there. And it's all meant to help you increase in your biblical understanding and grow in your knowledge of the scriptures. So th those are some really um, easy ways that we together can commit to growing into the word of God. And the second thing that I wanna do is provide these quarterly, if not more frequently, Bible seminars to help us to grow. So maybe you're coming to this whole reading the Bible thing is like, I don't know how to do that. I don't know, I'm too overwhelmed by that. Next Sunday, next Sunday afternoon at 5 p.m., we're gonna have a, a Bible 101, all right? This is like the beginners, how do I read the Bible? This is the first steps for you. So I pray that you come and join us for that and we'll have these, these little seminars that pop up throughout the year to help us grow and make the most of our Bible reading times. It's a big deal. And so I want us to commit to this stuff as a church, growing deeper in God's word. Now why make this the emphasis of 2022? Really my aim is not just to be people who you know, make a daily habit of reading the Bible, but people to be a church that has a biblical worldview. That's the end all be all. I think the thing that sustains us into the generations is the ability to have a biblical worldview. And I, you might think I know, you know, you might think you know what I'm saying when I say that, but most people don't understand that. And so for this next year, we're gonna go diving in deeper and deeper. What does it mean to have a biblical worldview? Because the Bible actually speaks dynamically into every sphere of our life. And nobody just falls into that by accident. We have to be committed to reading and understanding and growing in our love for the Bible and go deep. And so this is, this is what I want to call us into. And I think this is a piece of our big mission of making disciples, planting churches, and reading the city that drives all of that is a commitment to the God's word. This is the key to flourishing both personally and as a church. We have to feast if we want to flourish. We, I, Psalm 1 talks about this. I'm closing up here, but the, it gives us this beautiful imagery of what it looks like to feast, to flourish. Um, it says this. Let me just read it real, real briefly. In fact, I'm, I'm doing you a favor here and reading this because I think this is day one. You're only a day behind on this Bible in a, or the, the, uh, the feast to flourish uh, Bible reading plan, and I'm catching you up right now. I'm doing you a favor. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits at the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. You see what that is? That's feasting language. He delights in it. He's consuming it. He, he's filling himself up with it and says this, he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season and its leaf does not wither. There's this, this, this sustaining thing that happens here as we're connected to the Word of God. Not just sustain, but actually produce fruit. It multiplies. He creates fruit and it goes and goes and goes and goes and all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but they're like chaff. The wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the, the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the ways of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. 
This is the imagery here, that we would be people who feast on the word of God and flourish like this tree. That we'd meditate on the law and the instruction and the goodness of God's word day and night. That would be a fixture in our life and as a fixture in our church. And like the tree, we'd be sustained, growing, producing fruit and multiplying. And the reason why we want to be committed to this is is that when we're committed to the word of God, when we're diving deep into the word of God, we're not just interacting with ideas. We're not just interacting with words on a page. We're interacting with a person. Jesus was the word who put on flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus is the word of God. So when we open up our Bibles, he says that everything, all of the prophets, all of of the, the law points to him. It points to Jesus. It leads us into the arms of the Father, Jesus himself being our daily bread. That's what we're feasting on. We're feasting on Jesus. He says, I am the bread of life. I am the living water. And so the invitation is to belly up and feast on Jesus and see how he strengthens us and equips us through his word. He gives us everything that we need for life and godliness to carry on the mission of this church. And in that, God is glorified. In that, we find our ultimate good. And so I want to invite you to join us. Feast to flourish. Let's be people of this word. And as we are, we'll find more and more the real Jesus becomes real to us in daily life. Let's pray. Lord, I know this is a, not a, a typical sermon, but vision is important. You, you continue, you give your people a vision. You give us something to aspire to. That's why the book of Revelation exists. We want to, um, little by little, as your grace supplies, see the kingdom of heaven advance. We want to see it advance in our hearts. We want to see it in our, in our church, in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, in the city, God. We want to see the kingdom come uh, to a greater extent than it is, has been here before, God. And we ask that, that you would give us an appetite for that, a hunger, an imagination to see that take place that would be curated through the word of God. Would you, would you make the word of God just come alive to us as it is alive? It's alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. God, we ask that the, spirit, that the spirit would use the word in our lives, in our hearts, in our own discipleship in such a powerful way that transforms us. That in a year from now, that we come to the end of doing this thing all over again, reflecting on your goodness from another year, and say, look at what the Lord has done because we've been feasting on the word. And so give us Give us appetites. Help us to belly up to the table, God. Give us a vision. Um, Let the word speak to us, God. And not just the word, but would Jesus become real to us more and more throughout this year. In fact, as we come to the Lord's table, he gives us this really palpable, this tangible thing to to know him by, the sacrament of the Lord's Supper, that that it was his body that was broken, that the bread of life was broken so that we might be filled and find life. The the, the, uh, water of life his blood was shed so that as we drink, we are made whole, that we, we are invigorated. And so this, this meal that we celebrate, we acknowledge the fact that the word has come into this world. This, the word has lived the life that we were meant to live, that we couldn't live, that was in rebellion to the word, that he died the death that we deserve to die. And by his faithfulness, by your faithfulness, God, you've re- restored us, you've made us right through faith in Christ Jesus. And so by this power, would you enable us to be people of the word, to press on into this new year, making waves for the kingdom of heaven and the glory of God, both in our lives and in this church, now and forevermore. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.